You're listening to Exploring Boys Education, a monthly podcast produced by the International Boys Schools Coalition, in which we examine current issues affecting boys, teachers of boys, and boys schools. I am Bruce Collins. A very warm welcome to season four. Can't believe it. We're excited for the conversations that lie ahead, and we hope that these episodes continue to inspire and inform your work with boys. We kickstart this new season by talking with Corey Brown from the Haverford School in the United States. Corey's IBSC Action Research Project explored the use of digital selfless portraits to foster cognitive empathy in eighth grade boys. Action Research Coordinator Laura Sabo from St. Christopher's School in the United States and team leader Polly Higgins from King Edward's School in Birmingham, United Kingdom, also join us to celebrate Corey's achievements and to highlight the important work of the IBSC Action Research Program. Before I introduce you to our guests, however, it's wonderful to have our new Executive Director, Tom Batty, join me for the IBSC Newsreel. Thanks, Bruce, and greetings all. Now, with minds wetted, courtesy of our first in-person annual conference in three years, at St. Mark's School of Texas. We now look forward to another year of sharing and progressing our learning together. To all in the North, we send late summer warm good wishes for the excitement of the return to a new school year. While to those in the South, we send greetings as the second semester days lengthen and end of year celebrations and assessments loom into sight. It's the first time I've had the privilege of providing welcome to the Exploring Boys Education podcast. I do so with great interest and excitement, knowing that it is by connecting with each other and to inspiring thought-provoking presenters that we play to the best of the IBSC in serving its members and their boys. Please don't be slow in contacting me should you wish to discuss any matters arising from the issues covered in the series or indeed any other matter on your mind. I really do enjoy listening to how the themes of education are playing out in all parts of the world. We have three online classes starting on the 17th of October and all of these are now open for registration. The classes on offer are Boys and Belonging, creating inclusive and affirming schools for boys. Single gender education, a course for teachers new to boys' schools, and the tech solution, creating healthy habits for boys growing up in a digital world with Dr. Shimmy Kang. Our first research series presentation for 22-23 goes live on the 26th of September. Here's Sandra Boys and Trish Sislak from Crescent School in Canada highlight their focus on student-led participatory action research, as they share how they are establishing a culture of research among faculty and boys. To do this, you can register now on the website, www.theibsc.org. In addition to these programmes, a new bi-monthly podcast series will launch on the 19th of September, titled The IBSC Living History Project. Episodes will highlight the history of the IBSC, the forces at play that led to the establishment of the IBSC, what boys' schools can learn from the coalition's history, and how such lessons remain pertinent today and continue to help us in the quest to be better educators of boys 
for the world they will serve. We have a wonderful collection of global guests lined up for this series. Before handing you back to Bruce, let me add my congratulations and thanks to your guest, Corrie Brown. Corrie completed an outstanding, innovative action research project that will make a valuable contribution to our IBSC community. You can check out Corrie's full report in the IBSC Member Centre. And when you do, you will readily identify the insight, detail and rigour that made Corrie a very worthy recipient of the 2022 IBSC Action Research Award. Well now, enough of me. Bruce, it's back to you and on to Corrie to hear her share more about her work and all she unearthed. It is so wonderful to be joined today by three amazing educators. We have Corey Brown with us. We have Laura Sabo and Polly Higgins. And we're going to be talking today um, about action research, but really about more than that, because we're going to be focusing on Corey Brown's action research project and me diving into the theme of boys, technology and empathy. And I'm looking really forward to doing that. Um, so welcome to all of you. It's wonderful to see your faces and hear your voices. Hello, Bruce. Great. Thanks for having us, Bruce. Thank you. So uh, just before we dive in, um, just a brief reflection from the three of you. What was it like to be together in person at the IBSC annual conference after so long? And I think, Corey, for you, having been on an extended action research journey to finally meet your team members uh, what was it like for all of you? It was fantastic for me. I had never gotten to meet Laura or Polly or any of the other, um, my team members. I mean, we're talking about technology and basically we, we had used technology to connect for the past, what, two and a half years. It was fantastic to actually be in person. Oh, I was on a high, right, Polly? Yes. I just... Um, after we've developed these relationships over years and we had not seen each other in person for three years and it was a homecoming. It was just a time for celebration. It was so wonderful to be in person and, um, you know, see my leadership team with the program, but then meet these outgoing researchers who've worked for years and the incoming, it was, it was amazing. I think the same. Um, I know when the advisor team got together, it was, I mean, it was a party. <laughs> it, it, it was such an exciting, it was, it was great. We just had an amazing time. I mean, you couldn't stop us talking, but <laughs> see, there's something about, yes, you can make connections online and, and actually they can be pretty deep connections, but there is something about being in person that, that you can't quantify. And that really came through both with seeing, you know, my friends, the advisors, but also meeting in person people who I, you know, spoken a lot online with. And we also, we also got to celebrate Corey in person because the one reason we're talking to you today, Corey, is because you, won the annual IBSC Action Research Award. So congratulations Yay, on that right up front. It felt like a really big honor. And I, I am not kidding when I say I could not have done it without Polly, without Laura, without the whole leadership team. Well, that's a good, I mean, that's a good segue into, into the Action Research Program, Laura. And I know you are passionate about this program as the Action Research Team Coordinator. 
Um, and there might be some listeners on here. I know many of our listeners will know about the Action Research Program, but there might be listeners on here who are not aware of the full scope of the Action Research Program. And so I was wondering, let's start with that. Would you give us some insights into this really well-established professional de development opportunity for faculty in IBSC member schools? Absolutely, Bruce. So we introduced, the IBSC started this program in 2005. And since then, we have had hundreds of educators from our member schools that have participated. Um, it, it basically offers an opportunity for an international group of educators to collaborate. They are designing, implementing, evaluating, and reporting these in-depth action research projects because they all care about improving the effectiveness in their classroom and beyond their classroom. So each cycle is two years, and we have approximately 40 researchers that are investigating a particular theme. Um, they're engaging in discussion, they're offering informed reflection, um, and, and generating innovative ideas about best practices, what we all care about educating our boys. But what I think, and Corey and Polly spoke to this, what I think makes our program unique and extremely popular is it it's more than just a virtual professional development experience. This in-person training at the beginning of the journey allows the relationships to blossom and something about those brainstorming sessions and the professional scholarly discussion at the in-person moment, it contributes to this ongoing, rich and fulfilling online exchange during the subsequent months. The researchers are conducting their projects, but we get to follow up in person once again at the next annual conference and the cohort gets to celebrate all their hard work in person. They get to see their professional and and, and personal friends again. Um, it's just, it, we think it's a really gratifying conclusion to this robust learning experience. And it has implications for all the stakeholders in our school communities. So it's really special. Laura, I don't want to forget, um, we have some other superheroes who helped this program um, happen. Polly isn't the only action research team advisor. I thought we'd just give a, a quick shout out to your other three advisors before we dive into the um, bones of Corey's project. Don't you want to tell people who they are and where they're from? Yes, indeed. We are very fortunate to have Trish Sislak from Toronto Crescent School. We have Janet Lien from Browning School in New York City and Luke Rawl from Toowoomba Grammar School in Queensland, Australia. We have another member of team, the team who is fondly called the Axe. And <laughs> Polly, Polly, who is the Axe and why is she an important part of this team? Di Laycock, who is the editor. And I have to say, us advisors quake in our boots when we send up what we believe are well-edited uh, uh, work. <laughs> and discover that they weren't quite so well edited. <laughs> but no, I mean, she's brilliant. Di, Di is fantastic. And I have learned so much from being part of this team. And she is razor sharp. 
and uh, you know it, it is a real privilege to work with her. Can I add Polly I just sent her the topic description because again you want dyes eyes on anything before and um, she just can make the smallest tweaks to make it stronger and better. She's she is um, a guru a research guru for sure. Yeah. Corey, I'd like to hear from you. I mean, all four of us on this call are actually graduates of the Action Research Program. As a, as a recent participant, um, before we dive into the nuts and bolts of, of your project, uh, Boys, Technology and Empathy, um, I wonder what were those things that stood out for you as the most significant professional benefits of being an IBSC teacher researcher as part of this program? As you all know, having gone through the program, action research in, in general, it encourages educators or, or teachers to improve our craft in a way that directly benefits our students. So when, when the teachers engage in action research, they're able to, to use Laura's word, to, to innovate, um, to try a new action, while they're simultaneously reflecting on what works best for their students. So knowing that this program would not just benefit me, but it would benefit my boys was a really big draw and a really big, you know, professional benefit. But on top of that, when a teacher conducts an action research project with the IBSC in particular, as, as Laura just said, it takes place with fellow educators of boys from around the world. You, you get to meet lots of people who have similar backgrounds um, and they're experiencing the process alongside you. So you're getting to learn with and from others who know boys. And the IBSC has this, you know, structured support system. So you're guided through the process by a fantastic set of advisors and mentors, and you're making connections with them along the way. And so the art of teaching becomes sort of this collaborative project. Um, it becomes collaborative in nature. And I found that to be a, a huge, huge benefit. And I've now made connections that I feel like are, are going to be connections for the remainder of my career and life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think what you say resonates with me and I'm sure Laura and Polly will agree. We've seen so many people who've gone through the Action Research Program um, who have had, I think, remarkable um, opportunities post-Action Research and their careers have taken on a certain track simply because of, of their involvement in Action Research. But also this idea that the boys benefit directly is that's the nail on, on the head for me. Polly, I know you've you've shared a lot with me in the past about your project and how you saw the benefit to the boys. But in, in this role, I know you're super proud. I saw you beaming at the conference when Corey received her award because you were Corey's advisor. What was it really about Corey as a researcher and her project in particular that stood out to the action research leadership team as being worthy and val valued as as an award winner? So, I mean, working with Corey, I have to say, was a bit of a dream. Um, she was engaged throughout, hugely positive in what was an extremely challenging cohort, um, a really difficult time. And, you know, I mean, it, she stuck through it throughout. But I think in particular, um, she really understood, and as she has just very um, uh, eruditely said, 
the the benefits, the idea behind action research, why we do this project, why we do this program. And um, I have to say, it's, it's really interesting. Her, her paper was about selfless selfies. And it took me many months to understand what a selfless selfie was. <laughs> I just couldn't get my head out. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, but... Now I do understand what a selfless selfie is, um, but 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 I think in particular when I was getting the drafts in and and we structure it over the year, so um, researchers submit uh, various elements that will go towards the final research project. Every time it was such a thoughtful, well written, uh, interesting piece of writing for me as an advisor to read, and I was really excited to get the next draft and the next draft. And when she finally submitted her um, first draft report, I actually got goosebumps reading it because not only had she really um, uh, kind of gone into a lot of detail and depth and the literature was really explored the background of the topic extremely well, the findings really spoke to boys. And I think that's one of the things that sort of stood out with her research is that there was something about the way the boys had presented themselves in their selfless portraits, so a digital portrait, which they are not physically present in, and how that allowed a certain vulnerability and an authenticity um, of their kind of expression. Um, and that was what was so interesting about it. It really spoke to this idea that they could break away from those stereotypical masculinity norms and present themselves in a, re a real way. And that was so exciting to read. So that was kind of, I think, for all of us, what stood out with this report was not only she'd been an amazing researcher from start to finish, but also the findings were exciting. Yeah. And I, I would just quickly add that I saw, Corey, at your presentation and your delivery, and this is the same way that you wrote your paper, You action research is largely qualitative and it is written in first person. And you really did such a good job of adding your own voice and and you're, you were very aware of your audience. So the flow and the organization, and it was um, very easy to, to imagine taking your action project, your intervention, and applying it to my own class. So I just thought you did a really good job of um, kind of explaining your process throughout. Thank you. I, I have to say I credit Polly and, and you know, the action research process with a lot of that too, though, because as Polly was explaining, a lot of that came from the draft process of getting Polly's feedback, having Polly encourage me to look a little bit more at boyology. Um, and, and I think that a lot of that kind of came out of the fact that IBSC has this two-year-long kind of process for this. So, Corey, you've already spoken of the professional benefits of the program. Um, but I'd like to turn our attention now to your project in particular to highlight some of what you learned in your context about boys, technology, and empathy. So why don't we start with your research project and what it was about and how you went about trying to use digital selfless portraits, which I hope won't take us months to understand like it did for Polly. <laughs> 
But you, you use those to foster cognitive empathy in the boys you teach. Uh, just explain a little bit um, to the listeners what your project was about and, and uh, so they can have an idea. Yeah, um, uh, the topic for our research cohort was boys and technology, um, new horizons, new challenges, new learning. And that was a really appropriate subject, especially with all of those little add-ons at the end, given that our projects took place during and in the kind of aftermath of virtual learning during the COVID-19 pandemic. So when we were using technology during the pandemic, it got me to think a lot about how our boys are representing themselves in online spaces. And I wondered whether my students and I could use technology to encourage a little more self-reflection on self-representation. So I teach a, a world cultures class. It's, it's a class that challenges boys to become you know, better citizens of the, the world by learning about the, the diversity in the world. And technology has let me in the past, um, uh, or let my boys investigate the world by having global pen pal exchanges. And when we've done them in the past, the exchanges were kind of superficial. The boys would play into social expectations. They'd play into the kind of gender norms that you see in contemporary online interactions. You know, they'd send traditional selfies. They'd talk about sports, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I gave the boys in my class a challenge. I, I asked them, can you capture yourself in a selfie without showing your physical body what you know types of objects would you use if you weren't going to use your physical body what type of setting would you include how can you convey you know who you are in such an image and then we use these selfless portraits in a global pen pal exchange with with students from another culture we um were communicating with students in belgium and my goal was to see whether and how they could encourage cognitive empathy. You know, you talk about cognitive empathy. Um, why is it important, do you think, for boys educators to develop their students' cognitive empathy skills? Why is that so important, particularly in this day and age and particularly for boys? Yeah, well, recent studies have, have demonstrated that boys in particular see a decline in kindness and cognitive empathy. And by that, I mean um, perspective taking or being able to kind of adopt the viewpoint of another individual and I identify with another individual. And they see that mostly during their middle school years, particularly around the age of 14, which is the, the age that I teach. And scholars have suggested that this could be partly related to the challenges presented by technology. It could also be the result of gender role expectations and kind of outdated notions of masculinity that are still holding on um, today. So I, you know, I use the content in my world cultures class as a vehicle for teaching the skills of intercultural understanding and perspective taking. But I think it's really important for all of us in boys education to be focusing on practicing those skills with our students because we want to ensure that we're helping them grow into you know culturally aware and empathetic young men and i suppose young men who are also in touch with their emotional selves which stereotypically 
is is ignored in in boys, isn't it? Very much so. And um, you know the the projects that my students created showed that they they did not fall into those stereotypical you know masculine modes of representation. They they were you know very individual and they tapped into more emotion and and you know more connections i think it was interesting though cory because there was one boy in your group who hadn't quite understood the instruction wasn't there there was indeed and it was it was fascinating he did the the um selfless selfie project but then he didn't exchange his selfless selfie at the get-go he exchanged a regular selfie and what ended up happening there was that you didn't see that depth of of emotion all of the findings that i have for the rest of my students just aren't present in in that boy's um reflections what what strikes me corey is you know it seems like if we're as educators of boys if we're really intentional about thinking through how we draw boys out of their shelves and out of those stereotypical norms the most amazing things can 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 come out of that was that your experience definitely and and i think again to to go back to the benefits of the action research project i didn't realize at the beginning how just a very small intentional act on my part can have very major repercussions for the boys um, and, and positive repercussions. I, you know, Polly and Laura saw my ideas at the beginning of this, and I, I had all of these grand plans about how I was going to change the world with, you know, um, the world of boys' education with uh, uh, my action research project. And through their guidance, it really turned out that that as long as I was, like you said, being intentional and making a you know, smart choice about the action that I wanted to to try, it could be a small action that had larger implications. So if you had to try and just summarize what, what those most significant findings were, um, I think that's the beauty of, of, of these projects. In our context, we were able to draw sort of real tangible things out of our work with boys as we do this action research. You know, for you, what were the things that struck you as most important? Well, what my students created, first of all, was really, it shouldn't have been surprising, but it, I found it amazing. Every single one of my boys created a portrait that, that told a unique and personal story. And they conveyed this depth of, of personality and character that you don't get just by looking at physical appearance. They, they as Polly said, they broke out of those traditional masculine modes of self-representation. Self I didn't have a single student photograph sports equipment, for example. Um, so it was, it really was, um, you know, impressive what they created. Then when the boys were reflecting on what they had created, the, the vast majority of the boys reported that those selfless portraits better captured their background and culture as compared to a traditional selfie. But even more interestingly, and this is, I think, in my opinion, the most interesting um, finding, the boys spoke about how their selfless portraits connected to other people to other cultural groups and to other moments in time, both the past and the future. So the boys, not me, the boys 
found that the selfless portraits could do something that a selfie couldn't do. So basically what they were saying is that in, in a selfie, your identity, who you are, is just you as an individual. While in a selfless portrait, the way they were defining their identity was relational. It, it connected them to other people and other times and other places and other communities. So when we used these selfless portraits instead of selfies to do these online exchanges, the boys were already thinking relationally, not individually. They were already thinking about connections. And then what happened was also very interesting. They, they, um, the conversations that ensued when they were having these, these discussions with their pen pals included a lot more questions. They included discussions of emotional experiences. The boys shared methods of, of self-expression. They um, revealed hopes and fears about the, the future. A couple of them even addressed issues of equity with their, their pen pals. And I hadn't, hadn't seen any of this before. So the boys were really engaging in more meaningful dialogue and discovering deeper connections. So basically, um, when the boys were using these selfless portraits, the portraits without a self, they became selfless portraits where they were able to allow them to practice selflessness and, and empathy. That's incredible. And I know as people listen to you, they're going to want to know more. And so I just want to pause right here and point people towards IBSC Member Center. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well to your report, um, because I think there are going to be a ton of people who are going to want to, to read more about your project. Polly, I want to I want to come back to you because as a past researcher and now as a team advisor, uh, you've seen the benefits of this program in researchers as they've as they've been through the process. Um, what are the highlights that st stand out for you in terms of the benefits to researchers who want to participate in IBSC Action Research? I'm going to pick up on something that Corey said first about um, that your action doesn't need to be big. And I think that is something, you know, I really learned and I see it a lot now as an advisor and having the privilege of seeing a lot of um, research worldwide is that sometimes we feel like we're really busy and as teachers, we don't have time to do anything, make changes. We feel like we're on a big ocean liner. It's going in one direction and we can't turn the ship, so to speak. Um, and I think that's the thing that's so powerful about action research. It doesn't need to be a big action. A small action can have real impact. And it's an iterative process. So the chances are that whatever you've done, you will do again, uh, refining it within your school. You might expand it. So you might do it with one class, but you might expand it to a whole class. You might expand it to a whole um, year group. You might expand it to a whole sort of stage of school. But, you know, and I think that's really important. I think some people fear research because they think it might be too, like, I can't manage it. And I think it is manageable. But one of the, you know, we've talked about it at the beginning of this um, show, it's the connections with um, uh, educators all around the world. And every year there are a cohort of around 40 who are doing an action. They're the, they're the, the incoming action research team. They meet the outgoing research, research team. So that's around 40. So there's around 80 educators at the IBSC conference, for example, that are 
involved in action research that year. I see every year ex-action researchers presenting at the IBSC conference, which is just a fantastic space to um, share ideas. And so, you know, it, you, you meet people and connect with people across the world. So, Laura, this um, action research wheel doesn't stop turning and there's opportunity for more people to engage in the kind of connection and learning that Polly is talking about and that Corey has shared about. And uh, applications open soon for the next round of action research. And so maybe you can talk a little bit more about what the new topic might be, how folk in IBS IBSC schools can apply, what the commitment from potential researchers might be, um, so that people can get excited about um, possibly participating in the next round of IBSC action research. Absolutely. So you've heard it throughout this podcast, the masculinity issue. And that is the theme of our current research. We have our cohort currently investigating you know, shattering stereotypes, cultivating healthy masculinity. And we care so much about this topic. It's so timely and so important that we weren't quite ready to let it go. So um, in our next cycle, we are going to revisit the topic, but we've added a twist to it. Um, what, what research is coming out and continues to show that these kind of an adherence to the traditional masculine norms is leading to negative behaviors, um, low help seeking, well-being in our boys, um, disengagement in school. And, and actually, um, some of these behaviors are not recognizing that there's underlying depression. Um, so mental health is a big issue and concern, especially post-pandemic. So what, what we are going to try to focus on are beyond the classroom walls. We're really looking at the whole boy. And in our schools, we are fortunate. We wear many hats. We often have roles beyond our content. So whether it is as a coach or working with our boys in clubs, the chess club, book clubs, on the stage, in choir, theater, uh, I mean, the advisory groups, the possibilities are endless. And so we are really anxious. There's, there's lots of research that shows that extracurricular, co-curricular activities can really, really um, be beneficial for boys. And we would love to see some interventions, some strategies that could help our boys in an arena outside of their classroom. So we are um, really excited to unveil this topic. We'll have a full description with lots of literature to back it up on the IBSC website. And then once we post it in the coming weeks, you will have, see an application. And then I think it's nice to know a little bit of the commitment that's involved. Your, your head of school is committing you to attend the two conferences and all funding associated with that. Um, 
So, of course, the next one will be at Westlake Boys School in Auckland, New Zealand. And that's where you'll do, you arrive two and a half days prior to the conference. And you'll have this in-person training and attend the conference. And then the following year, you will go to... Um, the Viara School in Barcelona, Spain, and this is where you'll present your findings. So you've got those two commitments. But I also think it's nice to kind of, a lot of people wonder, well, what will this look like in my everyday life at school? You typically are doing your action project between the months of September and December. Um, you are working towards writing a report up to 5,000 words max. Um, and you're giving submissions along the way, which makes hopefully this process manageable. Um, we find that for most researchers, it takes about three to four hours of work per week. Sometimes they're busier than others, depending upon when submissions are due. You are participating in online discussions with your team and your team advisor, but the structure of the program has made it manageable if you kind of map it out and follow the timeline of the research process. And that will be posted on the site as well. That's a great summary, Laura. And I know your contact details will be available too. Um, so if people have questions, I'm sure they can reach out to you or they can reach out to, to um, IBSC and we'll be happy to answer any questions. Really excited that we'll be focusing a second year on, on masculinity and masculine stereotypes. I think it's such an important conversation, which we're having more and more in boys' schools and more and more um, in the coalition. I think the key to this is, as well, is, is this program is a really rigorous program. It's manageable for teachers, but there's real rigor in it as well. And I think the findings and the process that, that teachers will experience um, is of real value. So yes, there's a time investment. Yes, there's a commitment from schools. But at the end of the day, the process is designed to be something that um, will make a real difference, not only in the lives of teachers and boys, but will be of benefit to their schools too. Absolutely. And so to the three of you, Thanks for your time. I know all three of you are actually on holiday still, although, Laura, I think you have probably two hours of holiday left. I should go clean the library today, so <laughs> back to work. But um, I know people are going to benefit, so thanks for spending this time with me. Thank thanks, you, Bruce. Bruce. We hope that these conversations about IVSC action research with educators and boys' schools will continue to inspire you to be intentional about understanding how best to support the boys you teach. Remember, both the most recent and all the previous action research reports are available for you on IBSC Member Centre. Please contact us if you are on faculty or a staff member at an IBSC member school and would like to access this wonderful resource. Furthermore, as Laura mentioned, applications for the next round of action research open soon. IBSC will communicate these details to member schools in due course. Again, thank you for listening to this conversation. And if you enjoy exploring boys' education, please rate the podcast on your favorite platform or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're new to exploring boys' education, why not look through our previous episodes and listen to some of the stimulating conversations we've had over the years. Until our next episode, however, keep on championing boys' education.